Welcome to The Great Reset, a podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at how we can build a cleaner, fairer, smarter world after COVID-19. It's Thursday, the 24th of September, day four of the World Economic Forum's Sustainable Development Impact Summit, where the head of consumer goods giant Unilever called for major economic changes. Our 20th century business models are redundant for the 21st century. We cannot keep running our businesses and our economies in a way that just borrows continuously from tomorrow. On this final daily podcast, on the last day of the summit, we'll bring a selection of highlights from the discussions, including on how we can get to net zero greenhouse gas emissions. This is really a decisive decade. We recognise that this is most likely the most important decade in the history of humankind. Frankly, any company that hasn't already got a net zero ambition of some sort should be ashamed of themselves. And we'll have the fourth in our series of interviews with people passionate about improving the state of the world, telling us why the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, are important for all of us, for the planet and for them personally. In India, air pollution about five years ago would have been something we all thought was an impossibility to address. But this current pandemic has showed to us that it's not an impossibility. You can follow much of the Sustainable Development Impact Summit online. Just visit wef.ch slash SDI20 and follow us across social media with the hashtag SDI20. I'm Robin Pomeroy, Digital Editor at the World Economic Forum. And with the final day's coverage of the Sustainable Development Impact Summit, this is The Great Reset. More than 4,000 people have attended the Sustainable Development Impact Summit, the World Economic Forum's annual event time to coincide with the United Nations General Assembly. It's bringing together global experts, business leaders, politicians to look at how the world can achieve the UN's Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, that include massive tasks such as eradicating hunger and poverty and combating climate change. You can find out more and see and hear many of the discussions. Just visit wef.ch sdi20. Climate change is seen by many people as the biggest challenge we face as a species. Can we achieve the rapid move away from fossil fuels needed to prevent global warming reaching truly disastrous levels? 2020 is a critical year for climate change action. World Economic Forum founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab opening a discussion called Making Net Zero Possible, along with senior executives from IKEA, Nestle and Apple. The COVID pandemic has created a new context and a new reality, presenting us both with opportunities and risks. The opportunity for a great reset and rebuilding more resilient and climate-smart societies, but also the risk of a great lock-in of climate tipping points. When a company or a country says it will go net zero, that means it won't produce any greenhouse gas emissions, or if it can't achieve complete zero, it will offset those emissions it is still producing by things such as carbon sequestration, using methods to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Tipping points is the term climate scientists use to describe certain events such as polar ice cap melting or massive thawing of frozen tundra that could have unstoppable knock-on impacts that speed up global warming. Here's Klaus Schwab again. This is really a decisive decade for the future of us, for the future of our children and grandchildren. We need to raise ambition and we need to translate the ambition into action. During the week of the SDI summit, China made the surprise announcement that it planned to go net zero by, at the latest, 2060. 
Alan Jope, chief executive officer of consumer goods giant Unilever, said it was now high time all companies set out their plans. Now is also the time for the private sector to um, set the example for government in some ways by committing to net zero, uh, by making bold, um, ambitious statements. Frankly, any company that hasn't already got a net zero ambition of some sort should be ashamed of themselves. Like Unilever, another company to have set a net zero target is IKEA. Jesper Brodin is chief executive of the IKEA holding company, Inca Group. We recognise that this is most likely the most important decade in the history of humankind. And as such, uh, we need indeed to take uh, a leap of faith and make sure that we uh, step into the arena where we take our responsibility. But for us, there is also, and I think for everybody who steps into this, there is also a matter of practicalities about planning, about engineering solutions. Uh, We have uh, committed ourselves to the uh, Paris Agreement and to the 1.5 Celsius degree target. And I think that is the starting point. It has to start with a commitment, but of course, uh, nothing will change only by a commitment. So after that, we need to put our um, heads together to make a plan. And here's another company going net zero by 2030. This is Apple's Vice President of Environment, Policy and Social Initiatives, Lisa Jackson. To be 2030 carbon neutral for Apple means our entire supply chain has to have net zero emissions. And we intend to do that with 75% of those reductions coming through conversion of dirty energy to clean energy. So agree that there are times we need removal. Uh, We're using nature-based removal. Agree that's an incredibly important uh, investment for the planet right now. But we're also very focused on that transition. We've already helped 70 of our suppliers make the transition. By 2030, we have to move our entire supply chain. Uh, That means we have to understand the energy they use, measure it, monitor it, and then help them along the transition, which interestingly enough is not always about money because clean energy is actually cheaper and can be a great investment for these companies. It's about the know-how. Nestle is another company that set a net zero target. Its chief executive officer, Mark Schneider, said all efforts to reduce emissions, however, could be cancelled out if one important environmental issue is neglected. The single biggest thing short term that we can do to help the climate situation is to stop deforestation in our supply chains. So before we embark on all sorts of new things, you know, let's stop that um, clearing hole we have that comes from deforestation. And uh, that's a hole below the waterline. So basically for all the new things that you do, you basically have backfill from this problem uh, uh, continuing. And uh, this is where no one has yet gone to 100% uh, to our knowledge. We expect to be at about 90% at the end of this year, but 90% is not good enough. I think there's going to be tremendous motivation energy coming from getting as close as possible to 100%. You're listening to a special edition of The Great Reset on day four of the World Economic Forum Sustainable Development Impact Summit. We'll be right back after this news of another podcast you might be interested in. You should be skeptical of, of any vaccine. I think you should be skeptical of anything you put into your body. I think what you shouldn't be is cynical. On this week's World vs. Virus podcast, anti-vaxxers, is public skepticism about vaccines a big enough problem to put the whole quest for a global vaccine against COVID-19 at risk? If you don't believe that the virus is what it is, you know, why would you even bother with a vaccine? We talked to Professors Paul Offit, the co-inventor of a vaccine, and Heidi Larson, who tracks rumours and lies about vaccinations. Some of the sentiments around vaccines 
seen resistors and questioners are very much aligned with some of the issues around populism. That's the fight against anti-vaxxers on World vs. Virus. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Great Reset podcast from the World Economic Forum's Sustainable Development Impact Summit, Day 4. Now for today's interview. Vaishali Nigam Sinha is the Chief Sustainability Officer of Renew, India's largest renewable energy company that generates around 1% of the country's total electricity needs from solar and wind power. My colleague Chris Alessi asked her about the sustainable development goal that her company is mostly associated with, SDG 7, affordable and clean energy. Our core business relates to a progressive decarbonization of the economy to help India meet its global commitments as per the Paris Agreement, through which we are addressing SDG number seven. At Renew, we are clearly, you know, spearheading uh, this transition by providing green, efficient energy and solutions to meet India's ever-growing energy demands. What would you say are the the biggest challenges that stand in the way of what you've set out to achieve? Let's say specifically in, in India and then perhaps more broadly as well. I think the challenges are many. You know, we see understanding of policies that are required, commitment of the government. If it's there at the center, it's not there at the state level. So there are a lot of issues around policy, governance, commitment. And we look at what would happen if we fall short of of the goals we've set for ourselves. It is a real valid fear that uh, we are not going to be uh, able to achieve our goals. And that's not good. In India, where I sit right now, I can see that air pollution about five years ago would have been something we all thought was an impossibility to address. But this current pandemic has showed to us that it's not an impossibility. It's a lifestyle issue. You know, if we look at certain ways in which we live and we improve on those and each of us commits to those, we can really convert the gray skies to blue skies. How we set up our factories, how we do our business can really help us. It's all about sustainable commitment. So that's a big challenge. Commitment and sustainable commitment across the set of stakeholders. The World Bank estimates that at a current pace of climate change, the average temperature in India could rise to 29.1 degrees centigrade by the end of the century from current levels of 25.1 degrees. Now that is scary. It's also a challenge. But I'm optimistic because I do believe that if we keep doing our bit, we will be able to address a lot of these issues. So the time has come to accelerate our push towards working towards achieving these sustainable development goals, achieving uh, what we have uh, committed for the Paris uh, Agreement. And if we all work together, you know, we will be able to achieve a lot of what we should be. So while there are challenges, I always like to say with challenges come opportunities and uh, with opportunities come hope. So I am hopeful and I'm optimistic. I'd really love to delve into what you're doing specifically to advance that. So our core business uh, is about this energy transition. If you look at our Lighting Lives program, which last mile electrification for schools, that's a perfect example of getting the attention to the remotest parts of our country, 
back of beyond rural india these schools which we are lighting are predominantly in the remotest parts of our country so this is our social responsibility program it's done as a part of our foundation but this is just one of the ways in I, uh, which i would say that we are using renewable energy not only to provide clean energy but to educate how much more work needs to be done though to move india away from fossil fuels and really get the country on a renewable track a climate risk is uh, real and you know it's really upon us in a way we'd never imagined and it's having a devastating impact on humanity a lot of people just don't accept it they are in denial and that's something we need to really work on i think developing nations need a lot of assistance and a lot of understanding to be able to grow and grow in a green and a clean way and so that's a whole area which requires i guess some amount of fairness conversation discussion and debate more than that's happening currently promoting renewables is a necessity and uh, we need to you know address the ground challenges but really we need to go um for it as india is i think we are very very fortunate to have a very committed uh, leader and leadership and we are looking if we were to meet our targets we are looking at installing 360 gigawatts of renewable energy capacity by 2030 that will take a huge effort as it means that we will have to generate as much renewable energy alone in 10 years as we have managed to generate from all sources in the history of our country so far so i'm also worried that you know disturbances like we have seen currently which is the pandemic they shouldn't re-derail the journey we should not let challenges derail our journey because this is not one off we're going to have many more challenges and uh, obstacles but we really need to build back we need to build back sustainably and as we do it we need to build inclusively what are you looking to hear from leaders during UN week the pandemic and the recovery is going to be an important part of the, the discussions and i hope a leaders come up with a blueprint um there's discussion there's debate and there is a blueprint and there is a blueprint which works for different parts of the world you know it's not one glove fits all you know and so that perspective i hope you know comes out of the discussions you know funding and technological support from de- developed countries to emerging nations to accelerate the energy transition i think that area should be discussed during this summit as well because i think post in a post covid world this will be important um, funding collaboration r&d or for various new technologies like storage green hydrogen carbon capture it has to be a green inclusive recovery i think countries uh, should renew and enhance commitments to cut back carbon emissions fashali nigam sinha chief sustainability officer at renew was talking to chris alessi and you can listen back to all of chris's interviews from this week by visiting wef.ch/podcasts coming up on the next great reset podcast hello everybody it is i your cute and adorable pal grover with a message for listeners of the great 
reset. Sesame Street character Grover joins us along with Sherry Westin, President of Social Impact and Philanthropy at the Sesame Workshop, to talk about how education worldwide has been affected by the pandemic and how we should go about resetting it. COVID-19 pandemic has without a doubt been the greatest disruption to education that the world has ever seen. COVID is both an opportunity and an alarm bell to say, if we don't invest in education, it will be at our peril. Now, hardly any children have access to quality learning. During a global pandemic, what could be more important than this powerful tool of media? That's coming soon on The Great Reset. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye, Grover, and bye-bye, Sustainable Development Impact Summit. To get full coverage of the event, please visit wef.ch slash sdi20 or check out our social media feeds on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, and on Twitter using the handle at wef and the hashtag SDI20. For more podcasts, please visit wf.ch slash podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. My thanks to Chris Alessi, to Linda Lassina and to Gareth Nolan for their help making these daily podcasts. Thanks to you for listening. For now, from me, Robin Pomeroy, goodbye.